Welcome to another episode of It's Just Pennies. This is the Stock Whisperer. Before you enjoy today's episode, let me just state this. I am not a financial advisor, so if you're looking for financial advice, please seek an investment professional. The episode that you're about to hear is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Hello, OTCers. How's everyone doing today? I know for me, my Bengals play tomorrow. I'm doing pretty good. Hopefully we can win the Super Bowl and I don't lose my voice screaming and cheering. But I'm definitely excited. Had to just throw that in there. But let's talk OTC. The trend so far for the year is still continuing. Low float news plays are dominating the OTC right now. I've been saying it. The days of ugly share structure stocks are over, over. Your favorite pumper won't be able to push them horrible share structures. They can try to convince you to, uh, if everyone locks up the float of the share structure, we all can get paid. Nah, that's not something that's, that can be practiced. That's not something repeatable. That's not something you can pass down to your kids or anyone else who wants to learn about investing and trading in the stock market world, especially in the OTC. Along with that, CEOs won't be able to put out fluff news of those horrible share structures and then have them run up some so they can dump a whole bunch of shares. Look at CBDL. Last year it was a beautiful, nice share structure. And then the CEO increased the authorized and then diluted the stock so bad that now the credibility of hers is ruined. See what happened when somehow she became the CEO at, of FBCD, who was a who was a shell that had a lot going for it. It was beautiful. But the minute uh, the CEO of CBDL became the CEO of FBCD, the stock immediately went down. And me personally, I like the shell a lot. You know, I had I was holding and and still have some shares just in case a miracle happened, but. Do I have confidence in the CEO at this current time? Absolutely not. She could have, you know, good intent, but the investors, they're not falling for it anymore. And it's not a it's not an attack on that one. That's just an example that came to mind. But previous not CEOs, but previous people who were used to getting custodial ships only to dilute and manipulate and do a reverse split. <laughs> them days over. Investors aren't falling for it. They're adapting. So when I do the prior week movers, you're going to see a common trend. Majority of these stocks, if not all, they have good share structures, if not great. So let's go ahead and dive into uh, the movers for the week. So on Friday, February 4th, SFIO moved 32.92%. So we're going to say 33%. The company put out estimated revenues for the year. Looks like it's about $100 million. They also put out a tweet that had linked them to, um, they put out a tweet and in that tweet, it had uh, the video series that they had going on. NWPN moved 25%. This one to me, when I you know did the DD, and um, it was one, it's one I liked last year. Along with that, it bounced off the bottom. You know, it was it was it was fairly low on February 4th. And then from my understanding, they also had a court update upcoming that week. And it's a low float. F-E-R-N 
moved 20.51% on the company providing a tweet update. NICH moved 68%. This was about five cents, uh, I wanna say about a week ago. And on Friday, it went over 50 cents. So as you can see, there's movement in the OTC. It might not be those, those 1,000 you know, percent gainers that you're used to, but slow and steady adds up. With NICH, if my memory serves me, serves me right, the company, uh, they put out a, on, the, you know, on the website, they have their website, and it appears that they have a clean shell. So on Friday, it just looks like it's organic growth as people are discovering quality tickers. Monday, February 7th, FLRE moved 135%. For those who was looking for those, you know, that one day runner, there you go. The board of directors was updated. JPEX moved 60%. I did a podcast Wednesday or Thursday. Actually, it was released on Thursday, a little later than usual. Uh, my, it was my fault, but JPEX was one that took a hard fall on that on Friday, uh, the week before, because, you know, it was just chaos, unnecessary chaos as people weren't doing the proper DD and it was panic selling going on. Uh, as people discovered the truth over the weekend, it had a strong bounce on that Monday. NICH moved another 6% as it was just continuation of organic growth. And then MDMP moved 36.19% as a company put out a tweet update. Moving on, Tuesday, February 8th, WTII moved 24%. And with that one, it looked like it was a bounce off the bottom because it was resting around the 52-week low. I mean, 52-year low. AVRN, they provided updates from their uh, January 24th uh, news where they signed a lease for a uh, new Fort Lauderdale clinic location. That one moved on Tuesday, 30.91%. NXMR moved uh, about 51%. Looks like um, with that one, it was more just a continuation as people are now starting to anticipate updates on the low flow ticker. It is being pushed now. I want to say, make sure you're doing your DD as always, but with this one, got to be a little cautious because I do see it being pushed by big people with these massive social media followings. And as we know with that, sometimes you can't get dumped on, especially if the growth isn't organic and isn't true. EGYF moved 14.66% low float ticker, organic growth. People are just waiting for updates uh, since the company has recently just went current. And then rounding off Tuesday is Jimmy GMER, former runner, moved about 14.37%, so 14.37%, and it was just bouncing off the bottom. A lot of these low floats, they, they're beating down, they were beat down so much that people are now getting positioned because they're adapting, they're catching the trend that I have been speaking about. Wednesday, February 11th, BRBL moved 33%. They provided an update basically saying, I think it was Brewbrit Brewing begins construction of their craft uh, facility. And that's what caused that one to move. GOFF moved 45% 
as they put out news that they're going to be doing a stock split. And I spoke about a stock split on a previous episode on, um, I want to say about a week or two ago. So if you're not familiar with the four stock split or stock split, definitely, definitely listen to that one. UVSS moved 64% as the company provided an update that they are in the process of doing a name change. Oh, no, actually the name change was approved. Now they're in the process of doing a ticker change and a symbol change. KEGS moved 27% as, uh, what did they do? They had, it was a news play. And in that news play, it was basic, basically indicating that they successfully commissioned its recent acquisition of Macario, Macario, if I'm pronouncing it wrong. And again, that was on Wednesday, February 9th. Thursday, February 10th, CSLI moved 60%. And with CSLI, they put out news that they, uh, that they actually own UBSS, if I, my memory serves me right, which also led to UBSS moving another 78.57%, just good movement on a solid share structure. And with CSLI and with the news they put out, as far as information directly going with CSLI, it has some nice organic growth. ICBU moved 26.32%. As they release news about the NFT that they that they have been pushing and speaking about and giving me hints about, so they provided an update on that. And then AVRN moved fifty point nine four percent on Thursday, February tenth. I couldn't find exactly why that one had so much movement. It is a great share structure. It is a good low float, but unfortunately, since I was not able to find a catalyst or a, a reason behind that. Maybe you have better success with your own doing your own DD. Now, if you're unable to find some things, please be careful because as the trend continues with low floats, you may see groups or pumpers start pumping low floats because they are easy to manipulate and push. So please, please definitely do your, uh, your, your, your DD. Now that I've reviewed the prior, uh, prior movers, I'm hoping that you understand the importance of taking time to do your own research. An hour a day, it adds up. Look for those low flows, especially the ones at the bottom that have a pending catalyst. Look for the ones with solid share structures. Make sure to identify those catalysts. Majority of them have been beaten down and a lot of them are about 75 to 80% down from their 52 week high. So if you're able to find low floats, fly, uh, fine tickers with good share structures that have penny catalysts that are near the bottom. <sighs> patience pays. That's all I can say. Patience pays. Now moving on. Um, I do want to take some time. I want to, I want to take a step back. I want to get a little vulnerable right now. Cause I know for some, you know, 2021, especially early on money, it was easy. You know, money was just flowing, whatever ticker you picked, it was moving. So people are still, you know, struggling with the transition or maybe things aren't just moving in a timely fashion as, as you know, you, you were indicating or you hope as the CEOs and, 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 and companies providing information. But I want to get a little vulnerable. Hope you don't mind. After all, I do look at the OTC as one big family, especially those who listen to the podcast. You guys are like my cousins. This week, you know, I found myself very, very frustrated. 
And we know sometimes when you're frustrated with things, they can become dangerous because sometimes frustration can lead to stress. And we know, you know, stress on our bodies can damage us inside out. You know, it can damage our minds, can damage our souls. And for me personally, I eat, sleep, breathe stocks. I can go days without sleeping just by reading, researching, and et cetera, when it comes to stocks. There's a book that I love. If you haven't read it and you're, and you're serious about trading, whether it's day trading or investing in the stock market, it's called Trading in the Zone. Love that book. A lot of the book focuses on the mental side of trading and how it goes into good detail about how a lot of trades that we make, they're won or lost before you even make them because it's based on your, your mentality, your, your mental state, and also your process. See, a lot of times we focus on the results and that's what I was doing this week. I was just focusing on the results of a lot of stuff that I'm holding that I'm down on. You know, I've averaged up, uh, went, again, went against my own process because I see so much potential that, you know, I, I'm down a nice little penny, but I'm, I'm blessed to even be in a position to be down a certain amount that people may, may not even make in their lifetime. And the results, sometimes when we, when, we, when we focus on the results, our emotion can get the best of us. You know, when we focus on the results, especially in the stock market, when things work out, we're happy. When things don't work out, you get frustrated. But sometimes, or me personally, I feel like by focusing on the results more than your process, you get distracted. It's easy to get distracted when the results aren't the results that you desire. So for me personally, I found myself focusing on the results this week, which it led to some frustration because I'm following my process, but things are taking much longer than anticipated to develop. And it bothered me some because it's like typically they haven't taken uh, this long, but I know times have changed. I know. Uh, paperwork takes a while. There's delays, but I'm human. And, you know, by focusing on the results, I start thinking about other people and, you know, how I can impact them mentally. And my biggest success, especially in this uh, stock market world, I personally think it comes from being able to separate the process from the results. I've always been able to do that because, and by doing that, I've been able to basically say the results are always going to be the results. But if I master the process, the results nine times out of 10 are always going to be in my favor. I can always control the process. I can control what I do. I can control my steps, but I can always control the results and when they will pay off in due time. But I know that if you're consistent to the process, you're going to win more than you will lose. So please, that is something to think about. You're not alone, but if you are consistent, Keep it that way. The results shouldn't drive your process, in my opinion. Your process drives the results. And I say that because, you know, give an example. Would Jordan be Jordan if he only focused on the results? Like when he got cut, right? He was cut in high school and for a while he didn't make the playoffs, but he had a process and he stuck with it. He kept putting in the work and he kept putting in the work and eventually the results changed. Same thing with Kobe. Kobe speaks about the importance of being consistent, of consistent with his process. 
mastering the basics, putting in that work over and over again, and eventually it paid off to the results that he desired. Heck, just recently, I even heard that Kevin Durant, when he shoots, he sh part of his process to be an elite shooter is majority of his shots when he's warming up, even if for a while, they're all close shots. He's building that muscle memory. And now over time of creating those habits, he's become an elite shooter, an elite scorer. So it's easy to get caught up focusing on the results, right? Focusing on, oh man, I lost a trade or your trade is down or your account is down from where you want it to be. Get back to the process of being consistent, putting in that work. I'm going to keep reminding me because it's important. And heck, I even had to remind myself this week, get back to focusing on your process, being consistent on your process, settling for those singles. The home runs are gonna come. So I'm begging you all, please make sure you're being consistent with your process, being disciplined and executing it. And in the end, you're gonna win more than you're gonna lose. Now today, before I conclude today's episode, I want to leave you with words of positivity as I've been doing on these episodes that are released on Saturday. It comes from uh, Morgan Freeman. And we all have a why, why we're investing, why we're trading. And with this quote, it, it resonated very well. It says, if someone prays for patience, you think God gives them patience or does he give them the opportunity to be patient? If a person prays, prays for courage, does God give him courage or does he give him the opportunity to be courageous? If someone pray for their family to be closer, do you think God zaps them all with warm, fuzzy feelings and all of a sudden they're close? Or does he give them opportunities to love each other? Something to think about with investing, especially when you're struggling or things haven't worked out the way you wanted them to yet. I say this because I feel in the end things will come to fruition and those who, like I said earlier, who are disciplined and consistent, it's going to work out. It's early in the years. It's 2022. I'm a little excited, like I said, you know, for the, 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 the Bengals playing Sunday. So I really couldn't go, didn't want to cover too many topics, um, but I wanted to just, you know, share some of my state of mind, share what I've been saying, you know, and and definitely review what's been what's been moving because it's important that you understand what's been moving, why it's been moving, so you can now know what to look for as you do your own DD. This concludes today's episode. As always, if you can, please rate, write a review if the platform you're listening to allows you to do so. If you have any questions or topic requests, please email me at pennystockwhisperer at gmail.com. Again, that's pennystockwhisperer at gmail.com. Other than that, have a good day and see you later.